0: Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by my favorite college in America, Hillsdale College, which proudly refuses every penny of government funding to remain independent. Thank you for listening, and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. It's all quiet in the underground bunker. Doors closed. Locks bolted. But the great one isn't just resting on his laurels. He's making sure your weekend is even better by giving you his best. This is the best of Mark Levin. I want to thank those great patriots who turned out in rain. It was chilly. It was windy at bookends and Ridgewood and Barnes and Noble and McLean, Virginia. I want to thank you all. It was a pleasure to meet all of you. Well, except for one guy, but I'm not going to get into that. But it was a pleasure to meet all of the rest of you. And just fantastic patriots, as nice as can be. Again, I want to thank you very, very much. And uh, obviously, most of you can't be in these two places. And I want to thank you folks, too, for uh, for your patriotism and your effort to spread the word to read things you may not have known about before. You know, the great thing about conservatives generally, and particularly here, is that you folks in this audience, you want to be informed. You want to learn as much as you can. You want to participate. You want some role in saving this country. Even if it's not some formal role with some group and so forth, you want to be able to have discussions over the holidays with your family members and your neighbors and your are walking your dog and your friends and so forth. And so this is the book, The Democrat Party Hates America, that will help you advance our cause and liberty. Because the goal has to be to crush this, this very evil entity that really isn't even a political party. It is a, it is a state-run party that owns the bureaucracy, that owns the media, and is destroying the country. So I can't thank you enough, those of you who want to get more informed, as, or as informed as much as possible. And I've been, I want to thank all the affiliates and others that have uh, participated in this great effort, this movement. Just so many fantastic hosts, local hosts, national hosts, Just terrific. Uh, I cannot thank you folks enough, really. And uh, I do now six to eight interviews a day. I still do my two Fox shows. I still do my two Blaze TV shows. And, of course, my most important show, this one. So uh, extraordinarily busy. Very excited about what's going on. I must tell you, though, there is this, what is her name, Cassidy Hutchison. The left is pushing the hell out of her book. The media are pushing the hell out of her book. And it's full of gossip crap. It's just loaded with it. And you see these books come from time to time, Bob Woodward or Sky Wolf and the rest. And they're they're flashes in the pan, but they hit hard. And so they're being pushed very hard at MSNBC and CNN. And the things that she says are so sophomoric and stupid. On the other hand, some of them are very, very serious. And you have to ask yourself, well, why were you waiting for your book? Because she's a grifter, that's why. This book is about her and what she wants you to believe is her life in the Trump White House. It is scurrilous. It is dim-witted. Maybe she wrote it, maybe she didn't. Obviously, she had to participate in it. But it's being pushed by Rachel Maddow and MSNBC. It's being pushed by CNN. It's being pushed by the New York Times and the Washington But That's the nature of the beast. So that's what I'm up against. This book's been out for eight days. And you haven't heard peep from the left. Not a word. Now, why is that? Well, what are they going to say? Is there some fact that they want to dispute? There's literally thousands of facts in this book. Is there some end note they want to challenge? Is there some historical point? Some audio that I transcribed? Some notes that were written way back when, 120 years ago, that they want to challenge? Apparently not. So if there is to be an attack, it'll just be a personal attack. Or a diversionary attack. But so far, they've laid off. Because they do not want to engage. I am here. I am ready to engage. And that's why it's a powerful, powerful book in so many respects. And that's why I hope you'll take advantage of it. Before I stop talking about it. Before it's not on the shelves anymore. Books don't last forever. Not in this this environment. There is a big story. There are many big stories. I want to jump right in and I also... uh, I want to thank my buddy Ben Ferguson for sitting in last night. It, w- it was Yom Kippur, the holiest Jewish holiday, and uh, we also had Rosh Hashanah, the Jewish New Year. These are called the High Holidays. <coughs> Excuse me, and they're both over. Uh, I don't like leaving the airways, but there are occasions when I, when I need to, when I must, and when I want to. Um, but I'm not, you know, taking off to take a trip to uh, Guatemala or Honduras or even better, one of the Caribbean islands. But here we are. And this is the big story. I mean, there's several. But Hunter, listen to this. This just came in an hour ago. This is from Fox News Digital. Hunter Biden received $250,000 wire. Ready? Originating in Beijing with the beneficiary address listed as Joe Biden's home. Hello? Oh, wait a minute. But, Mark, you don't have any evidence that there was one dollar that Joe Biden took. The money came from Hunter's China-backed business partners, writes Brooke Singman. It's an exclusive. Hunter Biden received wires originating in Beijing for more than a quarter of a million dollars from Chinese business partners. During the summer of 2019, wires that listed the Delaware home of Joe Biden as the beneficiary address for the funds Fox News Digital has learned. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer has been investigating the Biden family dealings and Joe Biden's alleged involvement in those ventures. Just reading what they wrote. As part of the investigation, Comer subpoenaed financial records related to a specific bank account and received records of two wires originating from Beijing, China, and linked to BHR Partners. That's the joint venture between Hunter Biden's Rosemont Seneca and Chinese investment firm Baha'i Capital. BHR Partners is a Beijing-backed private equity firm controlled by Bank of China Limited, a.k.a. the Communist Party of China. Hunter Biden sat on the board of directors of BHR Partners, The first wire sent to Hunter Biden, dated July 26, 2019, was for $10,000 from an individual named Ms. Wang Yi. There is a Ms. Wang Yi listed on the website for BHR Partners. It is unclear if the wire came from that Wang Yi. The second wire transfer sent to Hunter Biden, dated August 2, 2019, was for $250,000 from Li Zhengxing, also known as Jonathan Li. The CEO of BHR Partners and Ms. Ton Ling. The committee is trying to identify Ling's role. The beneficiary for the wires is listed as the Robert Hunter Biden with the address 1209 Barley Mill Road in Wilmington, Delaware. That address is the main residence of Joe Biden. But Joe doesn't know what's going on. Let's see, You can't prove that he does. The the House Oversight Committee have obtained bank records as part of their investigation, revealing the Biden family and their business associates received millions of dollars from oligarchs in Russia, Ukraine, Romania, Kazakhstan, during the Obama administration. Fox News Digital has also learned that the committee has records revealing that from 2014 to 2019, the Biden family and their associates received $24 million dollars. 24 million dollars in foreign payments, 15 million to the Bidens, 9 million for their business associates, 4 million more than previously known. Do You know, by the way, before I go on in this really crucial story, it's big time. I'm sure CNN, MSNBC, CBS, NBC, ABC and all the rest of the crap networks, I'm sure that they're going to lead with this. It'll be a marquee. Headline in the news, I'm sure it'll be right across the top of the New York Times and the Washington Post, oh yeah, it's going to be a big deal. As it gets closer and closer and closer to Joe. That's right, him. Mm -hmm. Committee aides told Fox News Digital that the beneficiary addresses are either the address listed to the recipient account, or listed by the individual sending the wire. It is unclear based on the wire records who listed the address. Does it matter? And by the way, didn't Joe get regular statements or anything? No, I explained on Friday and I thought it was an absolutely superb, fabulous and brilliant statement. I'm no special pleader for Menendez, Bob, could be a crook through and through, for all I know. But I'm very skeptical of prosecutors these days. And it happens that Menendez, as the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee in the Senate, is actually anti-Iran, and anti a number of these dictatorships that Joe Biden has played wet kiss with, may I say? Or hair smell with, or whatever. Oh, Mark, you're a conspiracy. I'm not a conspiracy at all. Now they issued search warrants. They went into his savings deposits in his banks. They went into his home, his wife's clothes. They found money in the clothes. They found that. Wow. They're very aggressive, don't you think, Mr. Producer? Tell me, how many search warrants have been issued against any of the Biden family members? Exactly zero. How many subpoenas have been issued by. Department of Justice as far as we know exactly zero how many investigators are looking into Joe Biden right now related to any of this exactly zero you might even remember in the Hunter Biden situation an assistant United States attorney committed an act of obstruction when the IRS was going after some locker wherever the hell it was with documents in it they wanted to get access to it Involving Hunter, perhaps other of the fantastic family members. And she tipped off Hunter Biden's lawyers. So I want you to compare how Joe Biden is treated with how Menendez is treated. Completely differently. Even though Menendez is a Democrat, but he's an out of favor Democrat. And of course they're demanding his resignation. The Democrats are lining up because he's running for re-election and they don't want him to run for re-election. They're afraid he'll lose. Remember what I said both in the book and repeatedly here. You have to understand the Democrat party by looking through the lens the lens of power. It is a party that is monopolizing our culture, our politics, and our economy as autocratic parties do. So Menendez is dispensable. Especially if you're counting on deep blue New Jersey to hold on to that seat. And by the way, as a footnote, I make a prediction that my predictions are worth whatever they're worth. But if Chris Christie finally takes a little smelling sauce and realizes, or in his case, a lot, that he can't become president, maybe he'll decide. Maybe he'll decide he's going to run for the Senate in New Jersey. One never knows. I don't know what the rules are there, but the GOP or the limits under the election laws there, who knows? But I would point that out. Now, Hunter Biden spent a period of time in 2017, 18, and 19 living at the Biden family home in Wilmington. It's unclear if he was living at the home at the time of the wire transfers in July and August 2019, The wires were sent just several months after the vice president announced his 2020 presidential campaign. Joe Biden in August 2019 said he never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their business period. So the only person in the entire family who didn't know anything about anything was Joe Biden. And he was the entire reason, the entire reason Hunter Biden and the other family members were able to conduct shakedowns. We have the home as the beneficiary, the old man's on the phone, on the speaker. Hey, hey, how are you? Who's that, son? I can't tell you, daddy. We have him in meetings. We have him in outings with the business partners. We have the business partners and his staff involved. The only one who doesn't know anything, Joe Biden. Isn't that convenient? No subpoenas, no warrants, no nothing. Mark Levin. that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer... Making your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. You know, it's an amazing thing, America. If you call out the UAW Democrat bosses for shaking down the American consumer, the American consumer, including union members, suddenly you must be anti-worker. Really? Really? Well, when you consider that 94% of the people who are quote-unquote workers, to use that communist term, but that's fine, are not union members, I'm not shaking down anybody. They are. There's just a lot of people who cannot afford these vehicles right now. Now, if you're going to argue that the electric vehicle uh, pursuit is absurd, I'd take a backseat to nobody on that for many, many reasons. Many reasons. In fact, I'm going to get into that a little later. But that does not justify a five-day week turning into a four-day week with a 40% increase as if you're working a five-day week. I'm sorry. I don't know anybody who gets that. Nobody. And you folks, you're going to pay for this. How is that populist? How is that populist to stand with these UAW Democrat Party boss thugs as opposed to tens of millions of Americans? How is that populist? And the Republicans are falling all over themselves to defend this and to run to the strike area. I believe President Trump's going to do that. I think Josh Hawley and J.D. Vance did it. Is this the, or what is this? Ronald Reagan didn't massively win union members by pandering to them. He massively won union members by talking about we the people and common sense. Ronald Reagan broke the air traffic control union because they were going to shut down the entire air traffic system. And he put he put his Secretary of Transportation, Drew Lewis, a fantastic mind from Pennsylvania in charge, several weeks before, just in case. And they would move the military air traffic controls, or at least a significant number of them, into the commercial towers. And he warned them. He said, under our contract... You can be fired on the spot. I'm going to give you 24 hours to return, and after that, you're going to be fired, and you will have no new position within the federal government. Not now, not ever. So a significant number of the union members went back to work, but a significant number did not. And he fired them. And the airports worked as smoothly as possible very smoothly, in fact, more than they are today. You cannot bow to this kind of blackmail, whether it's a public union or a private union. Of course, people deserve a quote-unquote living wage, but the average income of the average full-time UAW member, the baseline is 82000 and with benefits, it's 150, obviously average. Not all, but average. These aren't slave wages. This isn't a boiler room operation, a sweatshop. This isn't a hundred years ago. It's twenty twenty-three. Joe Biden. Doesn't give a damn what happens to you any more than he does when the border's wide open or the police are undermined or inflation is going through the roof and interest rates. He goes to that strike line today, a historic first president. Yeah, he's also the first president to where it depends as far as I know. What's all this first stuff? And he has some role in what's taking place. The massive inflation and interest rate increases. And of course the supply line problems and then beyond that the idiocy with these electric vehicles. But that doesn't mean that we as a people throw in with individuals who are demanding a 32-hour work week for five days of pay at a 40% increase. Where I come from that's called insanity. I don't care who you are. They talk about what the executives make at GM and these other places. Why don't you talk about what workers earn at other facilities all over the country? What workers earn, the 94% of whom are not members of the UAW. Why don't we talk about what cops earn and firefighters earn and emergency personnel earn and truckers earn and on and on and on. How many of them are saying 32-hour work week with a 40% increase based on a 40-hour work week? How many of them can get away with that? I ask you, how many of you can get away with that? And so we're supposed to rally behind this? We do not have a political party that stands with us on this. Not one. Because one tries to out-populist the other. And the American people get screwed we get screwed and other union members get screwed the union members the steel workers the men and women who produce aluminum and plastics and rubber the mechanics down the street across the across the highway The salesmen and saleswomen at car dealerships. The people who clean the car dealerships. Remember, I've done that over and over again, that note audio and iPencil. Well, imagine it being a car. But it's the end user who gets no respect. The consumer who goes into these dealerships or goes online to purchase a car. Do you notice there's nobody talking about you but me? Nobody talking about you but me? And what about it? What about the waitresses and waiters across this country? What about the small business people who are up to their eyeballs and regulations and taxes? What about them? Are they not part of the people? Are they not part of the populist movement of either party? When you abandon principles, proven principles, principles based on human experience, and embrace ambiguity or bumper sticker labels, this is what you get. I'm the member of a union, the SAG union. Like the writers who are on strike, and the, this one and the other that's on strike. But my little corner of the union isn't on strike. Why am I a member of this union? You think I want to be a member of this crap union? This left-wing kook, Hollywood-based union? You think I want to be a member of this crap union? Because the companies I work for made a deal. that, in order for me to be behind a microphone, or any of us, we have to pay these dues, these confiscatory, outrageous dues, for which I get what? Crap! I am perfectly happy to make or break my career on my own. I don't need any help from SAG, perfectly named, don't you think? In fact, it's even headed by a woman right now. Did you know that, Mr. Medicine? Yes. Look at her. She's the president of SAG. You're not kidding. Well, anyway. That's my take on it. Like it or not. It's where I am. I don't think everybody out there. And by the way, this isn't isn't let's all get behind unionism stuff. That has nothing to do with this. Zero. Zero. This is a Democrat union boss. They're just like party bosses. And... I love it when Biden says, yeah, let me interpret. It's thanks to the unions, the UAW. It's thanks to them that we have a vibrant car industry. No, it's not. We, the people, decided we weren't going to buy American cars until they made them with the same quality as some of these farm manufacturers. I lived through this. Who is he kidding Union members were being laid off left and right. They, were, they couldn't give their cars away. GM, Chrysler, Ford, others back then, Pontiac, you name it. Some of them went out of business. Some of them got government subsidies and loans through the back door. It was a mess. Until they increased and improved the quality of their vehicles, Americans weren't going to buy them and didn't buy them. They were buying Japanese and German cars. It had nothing to do with labor, it had nothing really to do with management, it had everything to do with you, the market. The market said, you give us crap, we're not buying it. That's what happened. And while we're at it, we need to come to grips with something here in America, with this so-called climate change and Green New Deal and all the rest of these crap titles they give to to their failed policies. We are dealing with now an industrial policy. I've been thinking about this. It's an industrial policy. It is a government industrial policy, the sorts of which they have in these autocratic countries and in Europe, which are quasi-autocratic countries. This administration has completely abandoned capitalism. This is industrial policy. And many Republicans support industrial policies. Oh, the free market. I'm (laughs) like, what are we going to do? Really? It's created virtually everything on your table, virtually everything in your garage, virtually everything in your home, everything you wear. Why would we destroy the greatest economic system built on the greatest economic model that man has ever conceived? It's like we know how to win a massive popular vote with a massive electoral college vote. So why would we abandon constitutional, conservative, and limited government? Oh, there are places where the government needs to act, like on the damn border. But really? It's involved in light bulbs and HVAC systems and air conditioning window uh, units and washing machines and dro- Where would that come from? Where did it come from? came from the bureaucracy.
1: Mark Levin.
0: You're listening to the best of Mark Levin. All right, let's get down to it, ladies and gentlemen. Sean Fain, a.k.a. Sean Fake, is the Democrat Party boss of the UAW. He doesn't represent his people. Represents Biden and the Democrats. And he's on CNN yesterday with Wolf Blitzer. Honestly, I thought this guy had retired already, Mr. Producer. Certainly should. Here's how that went. Cut one go. What about the meeting with Trump? Would you meet with him when he's in Detroit tomorrow? I see no point in meeting with him because I don't think the man has any has any bit of care about what our workers stand for, what the working class stands for. He serves a billionaire class, and that's what's wrong with this country. Well, that effectively sounds as an endorsement for Biden. Am I wrong? Um, it, it's not an endorsement for anyone. It's just a flat out uh, how, how I, I view. You know, what, before, pal, you're a liar. The way you spin and what you're doing to this country. You're an enemy of the people. You're an enemy of your own union. You're the enemy of unions all across this country. You're just another Democrat Party hack dressed up as a president of the UAW. And that's the part, problem with a lot of unions in this country. They don't represent their membership. So this guy is a hate on for Trump, but he pretends he's not going to endorse Biden, but he all but did. He all but did. He was happy to meet with Biden. Biden flew out there for one hour on the picket line to show his support. One hour. I wonder if he flew over Palestine, Ohio. No, he didn't. Those people can't do anything for him. Biden always pretends he's a union guy. He's a union guy. He always votes for the unions. He's a union guy. His economic system is destroying everybody. Union, non union. Blue collar, white collar. And he's going to destroy the automobile industry, too, with these idiot EV cars. But the demands of Mr. Fain, unless he's a complete idiot, he's not an idiot. He's devious of a 40% salary increase and in a 32-hour week, and that 40% would apply to a five-day week, although they're working for four days a week. What does that have to do with job security? What does it have to do with electric vehicles, I would ask these so-called populists. It has nothing. One has nothing to do with the other. All this phony nonsense, this feigning, I should say, about we represent the people, don't you know? No, you don't. You're screwing the people. You're screwing the people. Now, if Donald Trump represents the billionaires, he has a funny way of showing it. Doesn't he? It's a funny way of showing it. Record high employment in every group. Record low inflation across the board. Trying to secure the border? What, for billionaires? Many billionaires want that border open. So this guy's a propagandist. Or as I like to say, he's an a-hole. Chuck Schumer joined the picket line. In Tappan, New York. Chuck Schumer, man of the people, the working people, populist. Borders wide open, Chuck. Hey, don't bother me. Cut to go. We're gonna fight until we win. My what does he father- mean? We are going to fight until we win. Till you win what? Go ahead. We're gonna fight until we win. My father, my father, who was a union guy, told taught me. He loved unions. He taught me. He died just a couple of year, a year and a half ago. But he said, when you're doing the right thing. Okay. When you're doing something important. Ah, Shut up, you idiot, moron. Chuck Schumer's for the unions. Really? Tell me, how many of you union folks out there want an open border? How many union folks are now, now they come up with the figure 7.6 million people have come across the border. And by the time Biden's done, it's going to be 10 to 11 million. I think that's the population of Pennsylvania, something like that. How many of you union workers think that's a good idea? And he's processing them as fast as possible to get them work permits. How many of you union members think that's a good idea? I assume none of you. And then I see the farm. Workers Union, the Cesar Chavez Union, Caesar Chavez, who opposed illegal immigration, used to call illegal aliens wetbacks. We have it on audio. He did it in an interview on a San Francisco public radio station. He would send his union members, most of whom were obviously Mexican and otherwise Hispanic, to the border to try and police. them. when they saw illegals coming across, they would contact the old INS. And he marched on that border with Ralph Abernathy, who took over after Martin Luther King was assassinated. And Abernathy was one of the great leaders of the Civil Rights Movement. He was King's lieutenant. And they marched on that border with a guy named Walter Mondale. You may have heard of him. He was the Democrat nominee for President of the United States who got slaughtered in 1984. Big union guy. The unions opposed illegal immigration. Joe Biden is supporting an invasion. It's not even immigration. By the millions and millions of people coming into the country, he wants to get them work permits as fast as possible. Work permits. And this clown, Sean Fain, and other clowns like him are selling out their membership. How many of you union folks out there think that Biden is representing the union? And how is he doing that exactly? Exactly how is he doing that? By destroying our industries? By destroying the oil and gas industries? By shutting down our pipelines? Who the hell do people think are making the pipelines? Building the pipelines? The steel in the pipelines? Where does this stuff come from? It just show up now. Hard-working men and women have to produce it. What about them? Oh, uh, well, you know. A little oversight. That's okay. You simply cannot support the so-called Green New Deal movement, which is a Marxist anti-capitalist movement. Centralized industrialization policy. Industrial policy. And capitalism and Labor, interesting enough, at the same time. Because you are destroying the existing economic system. So all you men and women who've come up through the ranks to get seniority, all you men and women, particularly in the trade unions, who've learned a profession, whether it's electrical, plumbing, bricklaying, other aspects of construction, whether it is... Refining and producing natural resources, oil, gas, coal, different metals, steel, aluminum, plastic, rubber. You're all going to get screwed. You're all going to get screwed. You can ask for, oh, I want a 40% increase for a 32-hour work week. How do you like this? There'll be no work week and you'll get no increase because that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed when you kill the industrial heartland of this country. There's no foreign government doing this. It's our government doing this. And more specifically, it's the Democrat Party doing this. They'll sell the union members down the river as fast as they sell the black community down the river, which they've been doing for a long time. They will sell anything and anybody down the river for power. And they will lie about it. The Democrat Party hates America. So why do people think it's going to embrace patriotic, hardworking Americans, whether they're union or non-union? They don't. They lie. They just want the support. That's all. That's all. Wake up, America. That's all they want borders wide open who does that help does it help you who does it help seriously well somebody's got to pick lettuce I don't want to hear that we don't need six, 7.6 million foreigners in this country to pick lettuce for God's sakes. but they are here to help large corporations and multinationals who get paid pay workers under the table. And yet, Sean Fein accuses Trump of being the voice of billionaires when he wants to close the border. When he wants to close the border. Chuck Schumer says, my father, who was a union guy, taught me. Let me tell you something. I'm in a union today. I've talked about the SAG. What kind of stupid union is this? I'm in a union with a bunch of left-wing Marxist kooks. And I'm stuck. So Chuck Schumer talks about his dad, the union guy. I am a union guy. Whether I like it or not. But what does that have to do with anything? Chuck Schumer's the leader of the Democrat Party in the Senate. Again, open borders. Again, an economic policy that drives up interest rates. People can't buy homes. Soon they're not going to be able to afford cars. But he's a union guy. And Schumer says, persistent, persistent, persist. Schumer, is this not hilarious? The guy goes to Harvard Law School. He graduates. Passes the New York bar. Gets elected immediately after to the New York Assembly. Congressional seat opens up. He runs for that. Gets elected to Congress. Serves there many, many years. Al D'Amato, he figures he's vulnerable, particularly given the demographic and political changes in the state of New York. He runs against D'Amato. Funded by all kinds of dark money. Billionaires, by the way. Sean. May I call you Sean? Sean. And he wins his Senate seat. This is a man literally who hasn't spent a minute in the private sector. But he's a union guy, so don't worry about it. Joe Biden's another one. Gets elected to the Senate when he's 29 years old, gets sworn in when he's 30. Before that, he was a member of the Wilmington City Council. Man never worked a day in his life outside the government. But he's a union guy too. Oh, these great union guys. And they're opening the border to anyone and everyone who comes in. They're not just, hey, are you a union guy? Hey, they're not even asking them if they're terrorists or criminals. They're punching them right through. Boop, boop, boop. how fast can we do this? How fast can we change America? The Democrat Party is thrown in with the racists. The Democrat Party is thrown in with the Marxists. The Democrat Party, not just thrown in with them, it represents them. It's unpatriotic can say this about union workers. They're patriotic. You know, when you go by one of these building sites and they're building one of these massive sky rises, which always amazes me, how people can do that sort of thing. I certainly can. And what's always hanging from the building that's being constructed, or from the crane, a massive American flag, something you will not see at the DNC headquarters. So, I really do think a lot of these union workers are being sold a bill of goods. These unions are not democratic entities, they're monopolies. The antitrust laws do not apply to them because when they were written, they were specifically excluded. Because the truth is, the UAW should be broken up. No union should have this kind of power. That should... No no union boss should have this kind of power. None. And yet there they are. Chuck Schumer, the last guy who should be talking about you, it. it's hilarious. And Biden. I always supported her. And Schumer, my dad was a union guy. Oh yeah. He loved unions. He was a union guy. And you? Well yeah, I'm a union guy. I've fight. Good will reward you, and you'll succeed. We are going to persist, and we're going to succeed. What, what the hell is he talking about? We're going to persist, and we're going to succeed. He supports a 32-hour work week and a 40% increase? On his own staff, they're not going to get a 32-hour work week and a 40% salary increase, are they, Mr. Bledis? He would never give that to a staff. He, way too expensive, you know, can't do that. Plus, we have work to do here. I mean, we got to at least put in a five-day, 40-hour week and a 40% increase. We don't have a budget for that. But go get them! Get them! Get them! Get them! Outside my office, yes! Get them! And the suckers in New York who vote for this, this buffoon, are the prices not high enough in New York? You think car prices should be 20 30% higher? How's it going in New York with Democrat policies and crime and open borders and illegal immigrants, jobs, safety, the schools where they have no school choice? How's it going up there in New York? Going okay? Because that's what the Democrats are doing to the whole country. Mark
1: Levin.
0: The great one makes your weekend even better. This is the best of Mark Levin. Honestly, I'm getting very frustrated here. Even with this uh, hearing on impeachment. I'm getting frustrated by all the so-called legal analysis that's taking place. By people who apparently do not comprehend what impeachment is about, the history of impeachment, or even the phrase in the Constitution. If you look at Federalist 65, Hamilton describes it not with specificity, but he does a pretty good job explaining what they meant by treason, bribery, and the most important phrase, high crimes and misdemeanors. The Congressional Research Service does a pretty good job of pulling together what delegates thought and said at the time and at the
1: ratification conventions. And we've had impeachments before in American history of presidents. And it comes down to this, essentially.
0: It is an offense against the public trust. That is, it's considered a political or constitutional crime. Not a crime even within the criminal code, as there was no federal criminal code at the time. I'm talking about... An offense undertaken in your office, an offense taken against the body politic, an offense against your country. And it it shocks me, the number of lawyers on the House Oversight Committee, the House Judiciary Committee, people testifying today. So let me explain to you. Where else am I going to go? Let's start with the basics. Let's put all the Hunter Biden stuff aside Let's even put all the financial issues aside. And by the way, I don't mean for good. I mean just for
1: the sake of this argument. Follow me, and you'll know more than anybody on TV who's talking about this.
0: The faithful execution of our laws under Article 2 of the Constitution, twice. Not once, Twice imposes a duty of faithful execution of the president who must, quote, take care that the laws be faithfully executed and then take an oath or affirmation to, quote, faithfully execute the office of the president, unquote. These are called the faithful execution clauses of the Constitution. What does the Supreme Court say about this? Because they've said things about this. They've said, among other things, even if a president disagrees with a law that has been adopted by Congress and signed by a prior president he must faithfully execute that law whether he likes it or not unless there is some
1: serious constitutional issue that needs to be adjudicated what does that mean well They're going around, they're saying, where's the evidence?
0: Alexander Hamilton in Federalist 65 said the Constitution's impeachment provisions described impeachable offenses as arising from, quote, the misconduct of public men, or in other words, he says, from the abuse or violation of some public trust. Such offenses were political, this is Hamilton, not me, as they relate chiefly to injuries done immediately to the society itself. And these offenses obviously can take innumerable forms and simply could not be specifically delineated. So they're delineated at the time the offenses occur. So as a tremendously important example,
1: where people say, well, we haven't reached the impeachment standard yet. Are you kidding me? The immigration laws... I said laws in this country have been intentionally eviscerated. They have not been faithfully executed. They have not been faithfully executed, take care that the laws be faithfully executed. Under oath or affirmation to faithfully execute the office of the president.
0: A president cannot, must not, unilaterally decide that he will not adhere to federal immigration law and change the entire nature, culture, law of the country on his own through executive orders and through the refusal to enforce those laws. That is a violation twice of the United States Constitution
1: and it certainly meets the standard set forth by the framers of the Constitution. What do they mean, we haven't reached the threshold yet? What are they talking about? We've met the threshold a thousand times! And it's a consequence of this president's lawlessness and his failure to faithfully
0: execute the immigration laws in this country In fact, to do the opposite, to purposely sabotage the ability of us to enforce our immigration laws, he's committed an impeachable offense. And the inhumanity that he
1: has unleashed on the American society, what do you think the framers of the Constitution meant? This isn't even a close call. 100,000 Americans dying every year from fentanyl.
0: We lost 58,000 men in 10 years in Vietnam. Almost twice as many every year because this president violates, refuses to faithfully execute our immigration laws and secure the border and secure
1: the country. Well, I don't think we've reached the threshold yet. We haven't reached the threshold yet? Want another example? The United States Supreme Court ruled that Joe Biden, the executive branch, simply does not have the power under the United States Constitution. Does not have the power under the United States Constitution to give away hundreds of billions of dollars, perhaps up to a trillion dollars, in so-called student loan forgiveness.
0: The court said, rightly, that violates separation of powers. That is an authority that doesn't belong to Joe Biden. That Congress needs to pass a statute if that is to occur. Joe Biden has ignored the law. Joe Biden comes up with some cockamamie scheme, and before the law can catch up with Joe Biden, before the next court decision can catch up with Joe Biden, what does he do?
1: He grants hundreds of billions of dollars in quote-unquote student loan relief to one of his, his most important political bases. That's not faithfully executing the laws of the United States.
0: Defying a Supreme Court decision where the Biden administration took the matter, defended the matter in front of the Supreme Court, and lost?
1: And then they say, well, screw off. I'll do it another way. And there's not a damn thing you can do about it. That's not an impeachable offense.
0: We haven't met the threshold mark. What are you talking about? Oh, I know. I know people want to talk about all this is an an inquiry. I'm all in favor of an inquiry. An inquiry not to find out if Joe Biden committed impeachable offenses but to gather and support the fact that he did with overwhelming evidence, pulling it together
1: to show the members of the House, the members of the Senate and the American people what he has done and the consequences to the public trust, to the civil society, to the American people of his unconstitutional acts And impeachable offenses. We don't need to gather more evidence to prove the impeachable offenses. It's
0: worthwhile to gather more evidence to persuade as many people as possible, given the media and the Democrat Party, that they control the narrative.
1: But as a purely constitutional matter, the language in the Constitution, the history behind the impeachment clause. Is there simply any
0: question that when a president not only refuses to faithfully execute the laws and takes an oath to do so twice, the framers put it in the Constitution, you're to faithfully execute the laws. That when he does worse, in fact, He sabotages the laws, he ignores the laws, he eviscerates the laws. I think we've met the threshold, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? Maybe ask the families of the 100,000 people who've died.
1: Maybe ask the people who've been raped. Maybe ask them. Supreme Court. They go on and on about Donald Trump and MAGA Republicans.
0: Who are a threat to democracy. And yet who is it that defies the rule of law? Who is it that defies the Supreme
1: Court decision after losing in that case? Who is it that's breaking our immigration laws? They are. Because that's the Democrat Party. I feel that the House Oversight Committee
0: would have done and would do a far superior job if it let off. If it let off, as I have, with the obvious violations of the Constitution and the constitutional crimes, if you will, or political crimes, if you will,
1: as the framers talked about it, against the public trust, against the governmental system, The abuse of power, the failure of him him to uphold his oath, to faithfully execute the laws,
0: and the inhumane, hellish conditions he's unleashed on the border and in the interior of the United States. This is exactly what impeachment was for. Exactly what impeachment was for. And let the Democrats defend them. Let them defend what Biden has done. Let them defend the inhumanity on the border. Let them defend the indefensible.
1: That's how I would start. And same with the student loan violations.
0: Seizing the authority of the House of Representatives, specifically in Congress generally. Its core power
1: to tax, to spend, to borrow, seized by Joe Biden to give relief to
0: his political constituents so they come out and vote and thank him for giving them money that he has no authority to give to them, according to the
1: Constitution, according to the Supreme Court.
0: Why wouldn't you lead with these two things? Now the case of the financial fraud and all is overwhelming, don't get me wrong. But everyone gets into the weeds, he didn't prove that he didn't take money. for. Okay, now, after the break, let's move on to to the bribery issue, to the money issue, to the bought and paid for issue, because that comes down to another simple argument under the Constitution. Mark Levin. We're giving you nothing but the best, the best of Mark Levin. Now let's turn to the third issue. Impeachable offense relating to Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and the rest of the family. What do we have here? It is indisputable. It is unequivocal that the Biden family made tens of millions of dollars from foreign entities, including many of our worst enemies. It is undeniable that that money flowed into the Biden family through Hunter or whomever as a result of Joe Biden's position in government, including as vice president, including up to the point he was candidate for president. Joe Biden claims he didn't know anything about any of it, America. He didn't know anything about the shell corporations through which money was laundered. Millions. He didn't know that when he was asked to speak scores and scores of times to foreign CEOs, foreign governments, front groups for the Communist Chinese and others, that he was even speaking to them. Or that there was any implication whatsoever. He was just told to say hello by the direction of his son, and he said hello. Or what about some of the meetings Joe Biden had, which involved some of Hunter's partners and some of his clients from overseas what about all the trips that Hunter took on Air Force 2 with daddy
1: to meet with clients or to have doors open with new clients and all the rest of it what about it what about a
0: $250,000 wire from Beijing to Wilmington the beneficiary address being Joe and Joe Biden's home. What about the millions that flowed into the Biden Penn Center in Washington, D.C. At the same time, Joe Biden was no longer vice president. A no-show job for which he was paid almost a million dollars a year. Coincidence? What about Burisma? His son sat on the board, made Millions? Why was he so focused on Burisma? Why was he going after the prosecutor investigating Burisma? How don't even know about it. Vice President knows about a prosecutor investing a corporation that prosecutors Ukrainian, the corporations Ukrainian. Why did he give a damn? And it goes on. And so the argument is there's no evidence demonstrating that Joe Biden made a nickel. Ladies and gentlemen, is that what the impeachment clause says? Is that what high crimes and misdemeanors means? If Joe Biden didn't know that these hundreds and hundreds of conversations, meetings, hundreds and hundreds of them, involving his son,
1: involving his brother, involving his staff, the flights, and all the rest of it. If he didn't know about any of it, which of course is nonsense, but let's play along. He should have. He should have known. He should have known
0: all those meetings, all those photographs at the golf courses, all those flights with his son, all those Shell corporations, all these things that were taking place in front of his nose, in which he was involved, but apparently was a sucker,
1: meets the impeachable offense standard. There's no requirement that Joe Biden took a penny,
0: his family took tens of millions. Tens of millions. His family took tens of millions. If people wish to believe that that really
1: wasn't known to Joe, they can believe whatever they want. If you fail to protect the country, if you fail to protect the office of the vice presidency,
0: if you fail the public trust in such a consequential and grave way.
1: If you fail in your duty to uphold the Constitution, that's an impeachable offense. It's not an excuse, the fact that his family was involved in all this corruption. Using his name,
0: selling his office, pretend that he didn't even know about any of the swirling around him day and night. It doesn't matter. It swirled around him day and night. And if he wasn't involved, he should have at least been aware that his family was raking in tens of millions of dollars. You know who else knows that I'm right? Joe Biden knows that I'm right. That's why when he was first confronted over this during the campaign, he said, I don't know anything about my son's business activities. Because Joe Biden knows what I know. And what apparently the Republicans on the House Oversight Committee and the Judiciary Committee don't know. Apparently what the legal analysts on TV don't know. Joe Biden does not have to commit a crime under the Federal Criminal Code. The constitutional or political crime, if you will, as the framers talked about it,
1: is against society and the public trust. Andrew Johnson wasn't impeached because he took money, or even his family took money. Neither was Bill Clinton. Neither was Trump twice. So why are we changing the standard? Joe Biden, this should be Article 3, should be impeached because he was not,
0: was not doing his duty. And one of the highest offices in the land of the country to ensure, to ensure that his son, that his brother, that his family weren't using his office, weren't using government resources, weren't using his name as vice president
1: to enrich themselves. If he didn't know about it, he didn't want to know about it. That's not good enough.
0: These aren't specious allegations. They're backed up with emails, with texts,
1: with laptop software, with witnesses. They're backed up with wire accounts, with bank accounts. They're backed up by the IRS. The only person he didn't know was Joe Biden. Robo-dope is not a good enough defense. I know nothing is not a good enough defense. If your family is using your position
0: as vice president and using your name to get access with foreign governments, foreign corporate front groups, corrupt potentates, corrupt oligarchs, and your family or a family member is enriching him or herself as a result of it,
1: using your name, using your office. And you say, I I don't know anything about it. That's actually more frightening than knowing something about it. Than Joe Biden, by not knowing about it or intentionally not knowing about it, and now covering it up, lying about it, trying to prevent
0: a House committee from getting the documents, using his taxpayer-funded White House counsel, I've never seen this before, to trash the investigation as if they're guilty. His Attorney General, using his position
1: to prevent any kind of a criminal investigation, that further underscores the problem. If Joe Biden didn't know
0: anything, Joe Biden should be coming forward to say, look, I apologize, I didn't know any of this. I'm prepared to provide testimony in writing, in person, to the committee. I don't have a problem with an independent investigation. I didn't do anything. And go ahead, try and prove that I knew something and that I was complicit.
1: But he doesn't. He acts like a guilty man. But even that doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter, all of these activities took place while
0: he was, or most of them, while he was vice president. He was at meetings. He was at phone calls. His address at his home was used. His name was used all the time. Hunter Biden, basically, would be a perfect witness in an, impeachment, in an impeachment trial of his father. What did you mean by 10%? What did you mean by Mr.
1: Big? His laptop. It's devastating. So the point
0: is if people understand what impeachment means, what the impeachment clause means, it doesn't mean anything goes, maladministration was rejected, or you have a difference in policy, or that's a political thing. No. If you're subverting the Constitution, that is, if you are committing an
1: offense, Against the public, the public trust, the civil society, your country. It
0: doesn't even have to be in the criminal code, ladies and gentlemen. There was no federal criminal code at the time.
1: Then that's enough. That's enough. I don't know if we've
0: reached the threshold for impeachment. I do. I don't have any problem with a hearing. There ought to be a hearing. That's the tradition. You hold these hearings. And we should hold hearings. Nancy Pelosi violated that tradition in multiple ways. Second impeachment of Donald Trump, they didn't even hold a hearing. It didn't matter. They knew what they wanted to do. And Trump did not lead an insurrection and didn't commit sedition, and that's what they impeached him for. Now the Democrats want you to believe that you have have to have a rock-solid criminal case showing financial crimes. And unfortunately, Republicans are allowing this to occur. No, don't. Go ahead, keep digging, get the information. I have no problem with this. But at the same time, explain time and time again to Jamie Raskin, who was involved in all the Trump impeachments, who was involved in trying to overturn three Republican presidential elections on the floor of the House, who was and is now or was on the January 6th committee, and now he's on this committee, there's a reason why. Jamie Raskin's history, the father was a Stalinist. Got that mediocre right? And he he liked the communist regime in Russia. Jamie knows this, that's why he won't come on my program and discuss this with me. We've asked him how many
1: times, Mr. Producer, three, four, five, six? Go ahead, set me straight. Jamie is a radical left-wing bomb thrower, politically.
0: But that's what impeachment means. That's why the clause is in there. And let me put it to you this way. If it is the position of the Department of Justice that you cannot indict a sitting president, a position I agree with, if you can't indict a sitting president and you can't impeach a president who violates the Constitution and, secondarily, his family commits financial crimes, tax cheats, violations of fare, and so forth. Then apparently you can't do anything if your name is Biden. Now, if your name is Trump, everything goes. Everything and anything goes. And you'll get help from Republicans like Romney and Murkowski and other reprobates. Now you know the rest of the story.